Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another St. Michael Youth Ministry podcast. It is Fraz here, and uh, we have a special podcast today just for parents, especially our parents, our junior high students. Uh, with me today is my friend Marco. And uh, hi. Mar- hi, it's good <laughs> to see you. Um, do you want to tell a little bit about yourself? And um, I, I we ran into each other at a, a conference many, many moons ago um, that I loved, and uh, we got to share lots of good stories and ministry. And um, so why don't you tell folks a little bit about who you are? Yeah, sure. Uh, I've been in youth ministry for, this is my 40th year. Um, and uh, it's pretty much all been junior hires. Uh, half of that, um, like you, I spent uh, working in local churches. And then um, the last half, I've been leading organizations that train youth workers. Um, and um, But these years when I've been leading a, a ministry organization, I'm still, I'm a volunteer junior high youth worker at my church. And I currently lead a seventh grade boys small group. <laughs> um so yeah uh i live in san diego which is why i'm sitting outside right now even though it's just a little chilly today um and married 35 years and i have a 27 year old and a 23 year old yes yeah there's me that's me yay awesome well thank you so much for uh being with me today i one of the things that i appreciate about you so much is that you are still in the trenches with with junior high students and um, you know, I hear things all the time from parents about um, their struggles and, and the good things that happen with their young people. But I thought I'd bring you on today to talk about, uh, especially from the youth workers perspective, you know, what are some of those things that we really wish that you wish you could say to parents all the time um, that maybe they don't always hear? Yeah. I mean, junior high is a weird age, right? And it's hard for parents. Uh, you know, it's a uh, parent who had a couple kids that age but also you know over my 40 years of doing this working with thousands of parents it's it's a hard age it's such a weird in-between age yeah right there and I I used to think of it as like the end of childhood and the beginning of the teen years and really focus on that young teen but I really these days now I see it as an overlapping Mm -hmm. stage of life they are still children and also concurrently they're becoming teenagers or adolescents right and so they're they're in that in between where they often well one of my little axioms is they want to be treated like children but have the or they want to be treated sorry they want to be treated like adults but have the opportunity to act like children yes and if i said that about you or any other adult you want to be treated one way, but have the opportunity to act a different way, we would call that hypocrisy, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, or, Absolutely. or at least we'd call it immaturity. Um, but I would suggest that with young teens, it is part of God's creation intention for them. And it's the norm of this developmental stage. So we, we have to, at least from a theological place, we have to view it as good. It doesn't mean that it's always fun right. to deal with, but we have to view it as good and normal. Um, and so that, I mean, that's one of the things I just so often I'm trying to say to parents of junior hires is the weirdness, the squirreliness, the the occasional shocking rudeness or push, pushing back on your values or whatever it is. 
that's just really normal. Uh, and it's, uh, it's part of the developmental process that they're going through, right? Probably one of the most important things to, hey, let me say two most important things to be aware of. One is junior hires are going through, I would suggest the most significant couple years, three years of change they will ever experience in their entire lifespan. Um, technically, birth to two years old has the most changes, <laughs> but <laughs> there's no awareness, there's no self-awareness of the changes, right? But with junior hires, they're hyper aware of the changes that they're going through. And so it's just exponential, exponentially crazier, right? And that constant change in every way physically of course is really obvious to them and they're freaked about it um and uh but it's emotional changes and relational changes and spiritual changes and relational ch all of these changes that are going on for them um are really unsettling right and so there's this combination of fear and excitement mm -hmm. constantly playing in mixture of every single day um, and so to normalize that experience and not freak out yourself, uh, one of the principles I picked up from a mutual friend of ours, uh, Kurt Johnston, he always says that he encourages parents as well as youth leaders, freak out on the inside. In other words, your kid might say or do something that makes you think, oh my gosh, what is he, you know, yep. freak out on the inside and try to maintain just a level of calm when you're interacting with them um, that normalizes their experience. So that, that'd be the one thing. The other thing that I would say is just critical to understand is one of those specific changes that many uh, parents are not aware of. Um, with the onset of puberty comes this brand new ability to think abstractly. And preteens and children don't have that ability. They think in concrete black and white terms. But with young teens, they start to be able to, to the two like major implications of abstract thinking are being able to wrestle with speculation, like what if and why questions. Yeah. And then also um, third person perspective, which is like considering myself or someone else or even an idea from someone else's perspective. So that new capacity is there for young teens, but they're really bad at it. So mm -hmm. they go in and out of abstract thinking. And that that onset of abstract thinking, that's what explains why they act the way they do, right? right? So when they seem like they're on the weirdest emotional roller coaster ever, right. it's because of the onset of abstract thinking. It's because they're experiencing all new emotions and emotions to whole new depths that they never experienced before. And they don't have the experience to interpret that. And so it's really difficult for them. And they often miss that. They don't really understand either their or other people yeah. uh, emotions relationships. I mean, kids, little kids form relationships based on proximity. You and I are friends because we live near each other or spend a lot of time in the same place. But young teens start to form friendships like adults do, which is based on affinity. You and I are friends because we like the same things or share the same values. And that's an upheaval from the old way. And so there's this desperate kind of search for both figuring out how do I make friends as well as, um, you know, who are my friends, right? Yeah. Um, yep. And that can be really scary and exciting. Um, and yeah, so if you, you notice that your kid seems to be cycling through different friendship groups, again, that's, that's just really normal for young teens. There is something just beautiful about this, say, and it's 
one of the things that has just made me stick with them for so many years. I just uh, adore this age group. And it's, they still have, and you might laugh at this, particularly if, it, if you have an eighth grader, but they still have a level of innocence yes. that is not there with high schoolers, right? They're still open and they're still unformed, right? It's, I mean, it's, they're like wet cement, yep. but it's really different than working with a 16 or 17 year old who's already concluded some things about their identity and about the world and things like that. They're still on that journey, of course, but junior hires, man, wet cement. Yeah. And I, I often encourage, try to encourage parents. You still have many more laps of parenting, but these last most significant laps, yep. because as you move into parenting a high schooler, your role starts to reduce. You start to step back a little more and much more into how can I give them and support them in exercising their freedoms. Whereas in junior high, it's still stay engaged, man, mm -hmm. stay engaged, create positive memories, have conversations about hard stuff, because this is, this is it. This yep. is the, I think these are the last most important years. Yeah. 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 I always compare it. I, I try to compare being a junior high kid. The first thing I do with parents is to remember your most embarrassing story from middle school. And like, <laughs> when you do that, it's amazing how quickly it's like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm 12 again or whatever, you know, but yes. the, the, the second piece totally. is um, that they're, they're almost like aliens. Like if you brought an alien and dropped them to earth, who yeah. suddenly they're in a new body, a new environment, a new way of thinking. And it's like, okay, now I need to figure this out. And I think that's what our young people really are trying to do is, is to figure out who they are in the midst of all this chaos. And in the midst of, like you said, they're this, this new form of thinking, being able to think about uh, things abstractly. And um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, well, we, we love to encourage our parents and, and kind of keep them uplifted and hopefully today's conversation does that a little bit. Um, but as you think about kind of your years in ministry over the years and being a parent as well, um, is there one piece of advice or one thing that stuck out to you that you're like, yep, that jewel of wisdom right there kind of got me through the middle school through years or gets me through working with middle school students? I mean, I guess as a parent, not necessarily as a junior high youth worker, although it's, it's true for it, me or to a lesser degree the one piece of advice is maybe the hardest piece so i mean i want to encourage you but i but i want to be honest with you yeah. um you are unequivocally the number one influence in your kid's life and mm -hmm. this is not just my opinion this has been borne out in quite a bit of really good research um uh over the last uh two decades 15 years maybe and that is true in every area, but it's particularly true when it comes to uh, their faith. Yeah. And uh, the, the biggest study ever done on uh, adolescent faith uh, across all religions, uh, it showed, uh, it had a surprising result. And that was that the faith of teenagers, and then it was a longitudinal study, so they studied them well into their 20s, mm -hmm. um, was shockingly similar to their parents yeah uh, in fact the lead researcher his name's christian smith he and i uh he teaches at notre dame um mm -hmm. uh he and i uh were talking once and he said 
I hate to say that it's a one-to-one correlation, but it's so close, it almost is. Now, so what I'm saying is more important than almost anything else you do in terms of your kid having a faith that survives beyond a confirmation program um, is what you model for them. Yeah. And I know that's hard, but uh, just like getting them to youth group is not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really much more about what you model for them in your own life. Yeah. Um, and that was because I knew that going into my own years of parenting teenagers, it was a constant challenge for me. Right. Um, and just because I was a professional Christian, <laughs> um, didn't make it any easier. Right. right. Um, cause my kids were pretty quick to notice my, um, you know, gaps, yep. shall we say, between what they heard me saying on stage somewhere and what they saw me living at home, right? Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a, a a really significant piece of it. What you model uh, for your for your kids has such huge influence. We mm-hmm. we have this, I think, wrong headed idea that starting in the young teen years, we start to feel our kids pulling away from us, right? And then we make the leap in logic that their peers are now supplanting us as the biggest influence. And that is just not true. Right. That I say would say is more of a 20 something reality. Yeah. But it's not a junior high and it's not actually even a high school reality, but it's really not a junior high reality. You are the biggest influence in the life of your kids by far for good or for good or for ill. Right. Right. Yep. So, um, so model your faith, uh, engage in open handed, non-threatening dialogue that are not just about making sure your kids have the right answer, but are getting them to verbalize what they believe. That's actually something else that's been borne out in research over the last 15 years is the critical nature of kids giving witness to what they believe. That would be the formal term for it. Yeah. That one that you're real familiar with, but um, they have to verbalize what they believe. In fact, I I've come to the point where I, I would suggest the verbalization of belief is more important than the accuracy. I want mm. them to have accurate faith, right. but it's critical that they verbalize it. And yeah. so we want to engage in those, dinner conversations and car ride conversations right and if you're a parent of preteens start now because <laughs> it's really hard to suddenly start when they're 16 yep but it's easier to continue something that you started when they were younger yeah absolutely absolutely and and it actually that's what you know the catholic church has told us all along is that the parents are the primary catechists they're the yeah. number one right teachers of the faith um, with our young people. And so uh, it's always good, I think, to hear that reminder and to be encouraged in that. Um, And know that, you know, if you're a parent listening at St. Michael's and uh, we've got tons of resources and things to hopefully help to support you in that um, and and want to encourage you uh, to really be growing in your faith yourself as well. So, well, Marco, I don't want to go too long today because parents are busy and they've got lots going on. Um, but I just want to say thank you for joining me today and thank you for your wisdom. Absolutely. And, uh, Be blessed, good parents. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so everybody have a great week and I will hopefully see or hear you hear from you soon. Bye everybody.